You are now in the summit. Hello, hello everyone. Welcome to Season 3, Episode 5 of In The Salmon. So we're chugging along with these episodes. Uh, it's your boy Nuan once again and alongside with me I've got Hasit as always. Hasit, uh, look, huge, huge week in cricket. Um, I know you've been super excited about this and uh, I have been too. Um, I think thanks to you I've become a bigger fan of women's cricket um, over, the, <laughs> over the past couple of months and uh, we've just witnessed the uh, the conclusion of the 2023 ICC Women's T20 World Cup Final. Um, it was a very interesting game, and I know you're really excited to talk about it. We were actually up all night a little bit watching it, weren't we? We, uh, we yeah, were up definitely. until about 3.30, just like, you know, sipping Red Bulls, just trying to see what's 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 going on. But uh, <laughs> but look, ultimately, the, the ever-dominating Aussies, uh, Aussie women um, took the title. But look, you've got to give some credit to South Africa as well. Uh, first time in their history... Have they made it to the World Cup final of a women's World Cup, let alone you know the men's World Cup? So I think that in itself is a bit of an ach- achievement for them. Um, mm-hmm. But you know, Hasid, like you know, your your thoughts on that on that game on the tournament in general? Did you, did you you know see a bit of, a few upsets, things that you sort of didn't expect? Um, how was it for you? Yeah, it was. Um, uh, let me get in, let me get in the screen. Um, it was a <laughs> it was a it was a pretty good tournament, I think. Um, there were a few highs and lows for sure. We saw a few players emerge that we uh, hadn't seen before. Um, we also mm. saw some players, I guess, sort of underperform. Um, if I was to go through like all the countries and all the nations, I was probably fairly uh, disappointed with the Indian side. Um, as you know, that's one of my my favorite mm-hmm. sides uh, to keep yes. an eye out for because I feel like there's a there's an absolute like there's so much talent in that team, and it was really disappointing mm. to see. Um, I guess sort of holistically, they didn't perform up to their their standard. Um, but I think as a tournament, it was it was pretty good. Um, you know, seeing South Africa actually beat England was a fairy tale in itself. Yeah. Especially being the oh, host yeah. nations of the tournament as well, it was also really good to mm. see um, all the ex South African players come and watch. It was a, a sold out yeah. crowd. Had a lot of school kids there, and although the result wasn't uh, favorable for South Africa, I think. I think it was just, um, it was a really good, I guess, sort of environment. And it's good mm. for these guys to get a whiff of some kind of success in a world tournament. Yeah. Um, hopefully yeah. the men, the men can sort of carry that on um, in the World Cup. Yeah. Uh, that, that will happen in a couple of months' time. But yeah, I thought it was a pretty good tournament overall. I think, uh, let's just focus on the final because you and I are watching that game in, in great detail. And, uh, you know, you've got to admit, South Africa bowled quite well. Um, yes. You and I were both saying that you know if they can restrict them to around the one fifty one sixty mark, they'd they're a pretty decent chance. And uh, Australia were restricted to six for one hundred and fifty six, um, mm-hmm. with you know with Beth Mooney being the standout there with seventy four not out. Uh, where did it really go wrong for South Africa? I, I mean, I felt the bowling was decent, you know. Um, mm. uh, Marazan Cup and and Shabna, Shabna Ismail, two of their legendary, uh, you know, quick bowlers, it, it did a bit of damage there, but. I feel like, you know, it was probably with the bat where South Africa really faltered. Yeah, for sure. I think um, oh, it's just one of these things, man, because like you see like countries like this and teams like this that haven't experienced a lot of success when they come to the big stage, you know, yeah. they get they get shaky knees. And I think that's what it was, um, especially with mm. the whole nation watching. Um, 
it, I think it definitely was uh, okay. So I mean, we you saw and you made mention of it while we were watching it. In the first three overs, they only made eight runs um, in the chase. You yeah, know, and that was pretty even bad. though yeah. we feel that Australia underperformed with the bat, it was by no means a mm. small total, right? Um, they still had run run uh, run rate pressure from the start and. Yeah. South Africa just didn't look comfortable at the start. They kept hitting the field. Very, very good bowling, it has to yeah. be said, as well as really good field placement. There were a couple of fumbles here and there, but the field placement as a whole in the first six overs was pretty much sublime, and they were hitting yeah. the field more often than not. Yeah, um, yeah. And, and it was funny because even like even Australia was misfielding hard. Like we saw, you know, we saw Elise Perry, uh, you know, miss a few easy ones that just went through, you know, went through her hands um, straight yeah. to the boundary and. And yet, you know, South Africa still found a way to keep struggling. Um, yeah. You know, I think, I think it was definitely straight stage fright, and it's something I've noticed yes. with a lot of these women's teams that come into the final against Australia. I remember the 2020 World Cup final when it was India Australia, and you know, India had just been like rampaging the whole way through the World Cup. Like, you know, people were even saying that oh, India might actually win the 2020 World Cup because those girls are on like some sort of they were on some sort of magic juice. Like, they were really pushing it. And then when the final came, you know, I remember, I think it was Elisa Healy, uh, just literally took the game away in like the first five overs. She just went nuts. And then yeah. from there, the, the Indian women just like went into a shell. They, they got really nervous. Um, it just really got to them. And, you know, I feel like that's exactly what happened to South Africa. Like, the, I think the occasion really got to them. Um, yeah. You know, first time in their history... All these famous South African sports stars. You even had, you even had the. We even saw the former South African rugby captain, um, you know, Francois Pina, um, mm. nineteen ninety five rugby rugby world cup winner for South Africa. He was also there. Um, you know, Graham Smith was also there, former South African captain. And uh, yeah. I don't know if that I don't know if that pressure of having so many supporters actually was to their detriment. Um, yeah. But how do you? I mean, how do you rate South Africa's journey so far in this world cup? Because they had a pretty up and down journey, didn't they? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> off to a, a very, very slow start. Um, yeah. You know, you and I were very, very chuffed after the first game, losing oh, to yeah, Sri Lanka. Oh, yes. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I guess sort of um, we were kind of naive to think, I guess in hindsight we were naive to think that Sri Lanka were a red-hot chance in the tournament. They, oh, were, they, they had a pretty good start, but, um, you know, come push when push came to shove, they uh, they crumbled under the pressure, unfortunately. But South Africa... Um, yeah, they they played with a lot of heart, and I think mm. um, you know we had like some really big big performances um, in the do or die games, and mm. you know it, it's really unfortunate that they they played the way that they did in the final, yeah. having beat England in the semi final. Um, yeah, and England were yeah. in such yeah. great form. I actually thought that England, if they were to beat us uh, to come into the finals with Australia, would give Australia red hot. Uh, you know, run for their money, but uh, wasn't to be. So yeah, yeah, I definitely think that no. um, lack of experience in finals was was the was the case with South Africa. Yeah, yeah, I think you know definitely a, a, an exp- an experience thing and not having played enough cricket in that sort of scenario. Um, yeah. But having said that, like just from talent alone, this South Africa women's team has really really come up. Like just individual, like individual. If you look at it. Um, you know that these 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 girls are, are are something else. I think it's not it's not a matter of uh, lack of ability. It's just more mindset. You know, like one of my one of my favorite players from South Africa who I really adore is um, Sune Lus, the uh, well, she's current captain and also I think number four, number five bats, bat, batter. Um, yep. She's one of my 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 favorite players. Um, you know, I think she had a pretty she didn't have I don't think she had the best tournament, but you know she she was definitely a lady who knows how to you know get the team together. 
Um, mm-hmm. You know, this this South Africa team was very unified, which was which was really really nice to see. Um, mm-hmm. I also, just feel um, like Laura, yeah. Laura Wolvart needs to oh, come mention as oh, well. She right. was oh, pretty yes. much the lone soldier in the final, and she was actually the leading yeah. run scorer for the tournament with two hundred and thirty six innings, average of forty six. Um, And she's the opening bat, so absolutely Mm. incredible knock. The last two games, she's pretty much one of the reasons why they made it into the finals. And, you know, if they were to have won, it would have been off the back of Laura. So, shout out to Laura. (laughs) I mean, she she, she literally took that game to the last over, you know? Yeah. Like... Like South Africa, there were there were points where South Africa could have been bundled out for a lot less, but she kind of held in there. And there were times that you and I were kind of like, "Why is she not getting a move on?" Like her striker, it was so low. You and I, you and I, were I like, mean, that's a thing though, because like, because you could have said the same thing about um, Mooney, right? Yeah. She was chugging along at a very very comfortable pace. Yeah. Um, right until probably the last two or three overs, so I think that's what mm. Warbuck was trying to do. Unfortunately. Mooney had um, a bit of support from the other end with the likes of yeah. Ash Gardner and um, and Co. And I guess sort of um, Wolvart just never got that. So yeah. it looked a lot of, look, looked a little bit worse than it actually was. But in the end, she had a mm. pretty decent striker and she gave it a fair crack. You know, yeah. if she was to have gone out earlier, you know, mm-hmm. this this game could have been curtains by the 13th or 14th over. But, you know, yeah, all the way to the end. And I think, you know, it's it's interesting now, you know, Australia, Australia women's have now won this World Cup for the sixth time in their history mm-hmm. like and i think there's only been like around 10 of these women women's t20 world cups and six of them belong to australia um yep. i think one there was one time where west indies won in 2016 and 2009 england won it as well so it started mm-hmm. it started in 2009 england so um this tournament hasn't been around for a long time but australia's absolutely dominated they and something else yeah right and i, I guess you know it, it's great it's good for women's sport as a whole but at the same time, I'm going to argue that it's probably not, like, it's not too, it's good that Australia is so successful. But when I look at the that, the women's game, you know, in, in one sort of, uh, what do you call it, like, in one go, I think it, it creates a bit of, a, it, it highlights a problem here in the sense that, like, why are the other countries just not at Australia's standard? Like, you know, mm. if, like, like, let's be real, like, did we, did we really think that anyone else had a, a decent chance of winning this World Cup, maybe India, maybe England, but like, you know, even there was actually there was actually a, a video on the cricket um, cricket dot com uh, Instagram page where Mitchell Stark was giving like a bit of a you know like a like a good luck message to the women's team, and like there was like no excitement in his voice, like it was really weird. <laughs> it was like, yeah, go girls, um, yep, you're in the final once again, <laughs> you know. <laughs> you know, bring home another World Cup. Like, there was this sense of, like, it's 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 become so routine for the Australian women to win this tournament. Like, you got to ask yourself, like, how can we make the women's game a bit more competitive um, so the uh, so other nations are coming up to, to Australia's standard? Because Australia is saying that... Exactly, exactly. Because Australia is clearly, you know, by far and away the, um, the, the you know, the standout team. They're, they're setting the standard, basically. So... You know, it just makes me wonder, like, mm-hmm. what what can other countries do to 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 come to their standard? Yeah, yeah and yeah, that's a great question. One, um, I want to make mention quickly as well with with Australia winning last night. Meg Lennings actually uh, the most successful captain um, in cricket in terms of ICC trophies. She's overtaken Ricky Ponting now with five trophies. Yeah, wow. So Ricky Ponting's got four. And Donny's got oh, three. Yeah. And, you know, the fact that you've yeah, made yeah. mention that, you know, this hasn't been going on for such long, it just really shows 
the ability of Meg Lanning as a captain and Australia as, yeah. a, as, a, as a nation, cricketing nation, um, mm. how good they are. But yeah, you're right. I, I, I definitely understand where you're, where you're coming from um, in terms of, I guess, sort of um, the the requirement for cricket holistic, women's cricket holistically to be more of a level playing field. I think the uh, the inception of the WPL is going to work wonders for this. Uh, yeah. I think we talked about this when we we're talking about the auction and things like that. Globalization yeah. of cricket and women's cricket is very, very important. Mm. Um, so at this point in time, you know, Australia, the way they've been playing and things like that, it's been sort of like a nurtured sort of like, I guess, sort of like a chamber of secrets. If I can, uh, if I can mm. slide in a Harry Potter reference in there, but um, <laughs> I, I definitely think in the next couple of years or so, with the WPL mm. going on, um, these sort of tactics and things like that will be shared. Um, amongst, uh, you know, various nations. Mm-hmm. Um, we saw the same thing with Lasith Malinga, Murali. Um, you know, these guys have yeah. uh, very, yeah. very special skill sets. And uh, we saw the likes of uh, yeah. you know, Jasper Boomer and, and, and other bowlers actually uh, use Malinga and perfect yeah. the Yorker, for example. Uh, Boomer talks about it all the time, how Lasith Malinga helped yeah. him with his bowling and his Yorker execution. So, fingers crossed we do yeah. see something like this. Obviously, it's going to take a couple of years uh, for us to, uh, to to see the fruits that are going to be bare. Yeah, I mean it's a it's an interesting one. Like you know, do other countries just not put enough effort or funding into this, or is it not a priority for them? Um, because you know, you, teams like teams like Sri Lanka, teams like even uh, the likes of you know Zimbabwe, all these sort of these countries, like they don't have the same facilities that the Australian women's team have. Like like you said, the Australian the Australian women's career team are very nurtured. Like they're very it's very structured. You know, you can actually make a decent living like being an Australian women's cricketer, whereas um, you know, in countries where there's obviously more conservative attitudes to women's sport, um, you know, you, it's just like they're they're never, never going to reach that same st- status that Australian women's have. And so, you know, I think the ICC they they need to look at this. Like, it's not that it's a bad thing, but they need to ask themselves why, in one format of cricket, is one nation so far ahead of the others. Um, to mm. the point where, like, you can't even compete with them. Like, you can't. Like, if you look at the men's ICC T20 World Cup, right, every year there is a new winner, right? Every tournament there's a new winner. Mm-hmm. Like, it's literally... The, the, what makes the men's T20 World Cup so exciting is because it's literally like a lottery, Hasith. Like, you don't know... I mean, you have a, you have, a fair, you, you have your finalists, but you, you literally don't know who's going to win it, you know? Um, like, mm. right from the start since the T20 World Cup... Uh, then's when bet began, right? Oh seven, India. Oh nine, uh, England. Oh uh, no, nine was um, Pakistan. So India, Pakistan, and then two thousand ten was England. Two thousand twelve was uh, the West Indies. Two thousand and fourteen was the West. Was Lanka. Two thousand sixteen was the West Indies. Um, mm-hmm. And then you know, and then I think after that was the I can't remember who it was. You know, there's like it's it's like up and down, right? It's up yeah, and down, yeah, and obviously the last one, and the last one was Australia, and then now this one is uh, the. I mean, so the one before that was Australia, and then now last year's one was uh, England. England. Um, and so you know, it creates this really interesting. It, it creates a much more interesting discussion piece about you know who's going to win, who has a good chance, who's going to make it, and. Um, you know, we want that to be the same for the women's team, for the women's game, but it, it's not happening because yeah. one team is just so, so good. Like, I think for me, what makes the Australian women's team stand out so well is that these girls just know how to play under pressure. Like, they don't break a sweat. Like, 
it's amazing. Like the the the, the yeah. mental the mental strength these these women have when it comes to playing cricket, I believe, is what sets them apart. What about you? Yeah, for sure. I mean, you have a look like some games Australia completely dominate, mm. but sometimes they 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 just they just do the right things at the right time and they just they just sneak on through. You know, like the semi-finals, yeah. I actually was backing India and, you know, India looked like they were going to win um, until mm. Harman Precor got run out. I dare say in, in India were in front. Um, yeah. So Australia do have a knack of doing the right things at the right time. And I think even like mm. Alyssa Healy, if those of you guys that saw the run out, um, Harman Precor was running, I think it was a two. Um, Healy called her a bit lazy, actually. But what ended up happening was Harman Precor tried to <laughs> run, uh, grand her bat. It got stuck in the ground, that, yeah. and then Healy, uh, yeah. you know, obviously whipped the bales off. And Healy said it herself. She's like, normally yeah. I don't whip the bales off if the batsman looks like, or the batswoman looks like she's going to come in. But for some reason, she had a feeling that she should whip the bales off. And lo and behold, Harman Precourt had messed up. And um, I think that's like it, that's the mental thing that you're talking about. Like these women, yeah. And Harman Precourt's been around the circuit for a long, long time. You're not going to find a more experienced player in the country of India as a female at this point in time. Yeah. Um. Mm-hmm. So for her to slip up and make a mistake like that you could see the angst in her face she punched the bat she threw the bat um you know the emotions were there and she was very very disappointed in herself but these are the things that australia just do not do in dire situations so i think it is i think it's a mental thing for sure um they don't crumble they know from you know from players 1 to 11 every single woman can bat they can bowl they can catch you know they can rely on each other and because they've been Mm. winning and they've got that sort of like winning momentum we're talking about like inter-tournament, you know what I mean? It's not just the one tournament. They've been going for like years at this point, right? Let's be honest. Um, They just know like, you know, if if they're down five overs, it doesn't matter because the game stretches for 20. And, you know, on average, they will be on top, you know, at the end of the day. So, yeah, I think it's just that confidence. Yeah. It's confidence. It's, it's, uh, I don't know if they have like a sports psychologist or or someone that um, teaches them like mental skills and stuff like that because... Uh, there's a really interesting quote that I read from Shafali Verma, and she was saying that even though we play against the Australian women's team, it feels like we're playing against grown men. That's what Shafali Verma said. Against Australia? Yes, yeah, so she said playing against the Australian women's team, it feels like we're playing against grown men. Um, <laughs> that, her word's not mine. Her word's not mine. Um, you know. Uh, I don't so, know why you know, she would say sense, something like that, because she's smashed Australia before. I, you know I what I mean? And she, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I, I don't it's think more, that's I, a. I think it's more. I think it's more highlighting the fact that the, the mental strength of the Australian women's team is that strong. Like they don't, they just literally keep it together somehow until the very, very end, and they really back each other. I think that's the other thing. Like, what do you know? That, that that's disappointing. I don't like that she said that <laughs> because she's the under nineteen <laughs> captain. She's just won the under nineteen <laughs> version of this World Cup, and she, for her think... to come out and say something like this as the opening batsman. It doesn't, well, I don't know. I don't like it. It doesn't sit right with me. If I, yeah, I mean, I, I don't think she meant it in a negative way. I think she's just praising just how, how good the Aussies are. Um, and, and here's the yeah, thing. But, we you, want, but this is the thing, right? You would never see any any male from the Indian mm. side say something like that. Yeah. Because yeah. even though you're praising the opposition, mm. like you're bringing yourself down, you know, you're saying that they're, you're saying they're that. leagues apart. And it's yeah. just not the right sort of... So this is the mental thing that we're talking about, right? Yeah, yeah, right. You have, right. To, be, you have right. to be really tough. And if yeah. for you to actually even just vocalize and put that out into the universe, yeah. Yeah. you're automatically sort of lowering your own personal, I guess, put, yeah. boxing yourself in. 
Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. It's like you're you wouldn't hear Brian Coley say something like that. That's what I'm no, going to say. But that, but that's yeah. the thing, right? It's not even a male female thing. It's a mindset thing, right? So like, yeah. you know, Vera Coley, like Vera Coley, he's like mentally tough. You know, like these Indian, this Indian men's team are, are strong. Like, you know, in in the in the ongoing Border Gavaskar series, there was a there was a chance for Australia to really roll over India. They were like, you know, one forty seven for seven or something. And and you know, if it was an Indian team of the early two thousands, they probably would have crumbled for like one ninety. But um. But you know this Indian side, Axel Patel and then Jadeja, hundred and seventy odd run stand for the eighth or ninth wicket, like, yeah. like you, you know what I mean? Like that, that's that's just mental strength because like they're not looking at the situation; they're just playing a ball by ball. And I think that's if right. the Indian women, if the Indian women or any any women's team for that matter can can use those sort of examples to to lift their confidence, I think that would you know make um make a you know make a make a world of difference. Um, but you know, hats off to Australia, like you know. It, they're obviously tournament favourites going into this. Um, you know, India was the outside chance. There were talks of England sort of making it through. But for South Africa to come to the final, that that is a watershed moment for, for women's cricket, I think. I think that Definitely. deserves an honourable mention. Um, you know, I'm just looking at their journey right now, their World Cup journey here on my, mm-hmm. on my second screen. Um, they did have a shaky start, losing to Sri Lanka. And to be honest, Sri Lanka will probably save that victory for a long time. But, you know, <laughs> after that... After that loss, though, South Africa really just, you know, literally dominated. Um, you know, the next game against the New Zealand women, they literally rolled New Zealand for 67 um, after they posted 132. So that would have done their net run rate wonders. Um, mm-hmm. And then, you know, uh, meeting Australia in the group stages. And that was actually a bit of a... Oh, that wasn't really a nail but I was going to say, mm, no, but um, Australia's batting obviously blows them away. And then, you know, um, again... Against the likes of England and, and obviously Bangladesh, you know, they played pretty near flawless games, especially the game against Bangladesh. They they won that game without losing a wicket, right? So mm-hmm. so I think what I when I when I see this, what, what really stands out to me is it looks like for South Africa their batting is their real strength. Um they seem to be a team that, you know, they're they're very top end mid order heavy and we, and we saw the likes of that with Wuvat and um Marazan Cup and, and all these and Sune Luce and the likes of, of and Tasman Tasman Brits is another lady I noticed who was quite quite good too. Um but mm-hmm. where to from here for South Africa now? You know, they've had a taste of World Cup success, Hasip. Um what what goes from here? Should there be more funding? Should the likes of Mark Boucher and all these South African legends just come and support them? Like what's the what's the go now? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, actually, like um, my dad's actually big on cricket as a whole, and I've and I've actually roped him into watching a lot of the women's games as well. Yeah, nice. Um, okay. So even he was talking about it uh, yesterday. Like South Africa actually fl- have so much money going into sports as a nation. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like with the likes of rugby and cricket as a whole, mm. I'm not sure if there's like like a lack of funding with women's cricket. I don't know too much about it in South Africa. I know there's such a massive importance placed on sporting as a whole yeah. as a sporting culture uh, in yeah. the nation of South Africa I think going forward it would be quite advantageous for them to to maybe um, use a mentor um, mm. and it could be anyone it could be like you said Mark Boucher it could mm-hmm. be Sean Pollock um, mm-hmm. you know they probably can't get their hands on Alan Donald because I think no. he's still he's doing the rounds in the IPL yeah. and whatnot but yeah. um, for sure I think um there's there's an absolute um, there's so many players that they can rely on, but I think I think now these girls have shown that they're that they're serious about their game and they're yeah. they're ready to take it up to the next level. Where they just need that little bit of a push, so mentoring, yeah. some kind of guidance, 
mm-hmm. um, might come into play when it comes to the mental sort of, um, I guess, yeah. sort of aspect of the things. But consultant, you know, like Sri Lanka have Mahila Jawardna as yeah. a consultant, purely as a yeah. consultant. Something mm-hmm. similar to that might be very advantageous. Mm-hmm. I do want to touch on something actually mm-hmm. with a couple of quotes here, Nuan. Yeah. Uh, one from uh, Megan Shute, uh opening bowler for Australia. Um, yeah. And she was just talking about, um, I think she was just, just in, re- in response to Australia just being like ongoing champions and absolute, <laughs> an absolute force. Yeah. Um, and she was like saying, uh, people keep having digs saying winning is boring, uh, but it's not boring for us. So it, that's really good because I, I can definitely see that, you know, yeah. when you're when you're winning in this kind of fashion month upon month, uh, yeah. that it can get a bit stale. But I think mm. just the way that they approach it is, is, is very, very good. Um, yeah. Another honorable mention to Ash Gardner, Mm. Miss uh, 580,000 AUD at the WPL, getting Got player that. of the tournament. Yeah, so she accumulated money. 110 runs at 119.6 yeah, well. strike rate, 10 wickets yeah. uh, with an economy of 6.25. So mm. nothing, uh, for me, nothing's like incredible in terms of batting alone or bowling alone, but certainly, mm. uh, you know, a combination of both very, very handy all-rounder uh, and definitely deserving of player of the tournament. And definitely yeah, well. also, um, I guess, sort of showing... You know the the WPL auction. Uh, you know the people that bid for her. That you know she's she's very very serious about. Uh, oh, hundred uh, percent about her cricket. Yeah, hundred uh, percent. But look, it's a, it was a great day for South Africa. It's, it's a good day for women's cricket. And uh, look, you know, in, in typical women's cricket fashion, <laughs> Australia end up the champions. <laughs> but yeah. look, you know, I think it's only going to inspire the other teams to really step up their game. You know, um, as much as it's good to see Australia be successful, I think you know. Having a new champion one day would be quite good. I remember the 2016 Women's T20 World Cup when the West Indies won it. Um, mm-hmm. Remember that one? That was that was pretty electric because on the same on that in that same year the men won that one as well. That's so right. And they were both, like, I think they were the women were watching the men or something like that because I think the women won first. Yeah. And it was just a beautiful thing for the whole you know Caribbean country, yeah. the West Indies. Yeah. yeah. But uh, but look, that's that's a wrap up of the of the World Cup there. The T the Women's ICC T20 World Cup for 2023. Fantastic tournament. Can't wait for the next one. But we'll move along. Uh, we're, we're actually almost out of time, Hazif. Uh, we've been talking about women's cricket this whole time, but it's, no, no, no complaints at all. But I do want to touch <laughs> on. I want to touch on a special talent from England, a, a bloke who has who lit could up. This possibly be a bloke, a, a young kid who has literally lit up the, the international stage of late. Um, mm-hmm. I've been keeping a close eye on this young fella from England. Um, he goes by the name of Harry Charrington Brook, a uh, young batsman from England who, who has literally dominated Test cricket in within a short span of time. Um, he's exciting. He's energetic. He's aggressive. He's always batting in T Twenty mode, but he has them as gorgeous, you know, correct, you know, cricket shots when he plays. Um, mm-hmm. Harry Brook is the name on the street these days in the world of international cricket, and. Mm-hmm. I just want to talk about him. I just want to, you know, I just want to know. A bit, I just want to learn more about him. I want to know where he's come from. I want to know how he's, you know, finding Test cricket so easy. And um, you know, with the Ashes coming up, uh, you know, the England, obviously, England media are, are making a big show of this lad, and they are looking to mm-hmm. scare the Aussies and say he's going to be a big threat. But but Harry Brook, Hazid, I mean, I think you you were the one that first actually uh, told me about him a little bit. Um, you know, how, how does how does someone find Test cricket that easy? 
And, and mind you, he's not scoring runs in England. He's he's making big daddy tons in Pakistan, big New Zealand. Big <laughs> hey, did you see the last tons. one? One hundred eighty-six, one hundred eighty-six of one hundred thirty-four balls. That's ridiculous. Yeah, um, he was batting alongside how... Joe Root, and they just looked like they were playing on two different pitches or something yeah, like that. Joe dude. Root was just doing Joe oh, Root things, just batting like you know slowly. Oh my days! Becomes Harry Brook. Yeah. Um, yeah. But like you know, he's, he's, uh, gone. No, I was going to say he's a he's a great find. You know, I think he's ex under nineteen yeah. captain for England, so yeah. definitely comes with the pedigree. Um, mm. And I think I made mention of this a while ago because we're talking about the likes of like uh, Shubman Gill and Prithvi Shaw. Um, I think during yeah. that period of time is when Harry Brook was playing also in the under nineteen tournament. Um, mm. But like at that point in time, I don't think he made any kind of like massive, like he didn't really stand out to me. You know, when I look at these under 19 mm-hmm. tournaments, I look at them holistically. I don't spend too much time looking at in, every individual player. So for me yeah. during that tournament, it was Shubman Gill and Prithvi Shaw that had come out. Harry Brook mm. wasn't really someone that had stood out to me personally, but yeah, Bloke can play. There's absolutely no doubt about it. As you said, he's playing in, on multi- multiple continents, you know, yeah. multiple uh, you know opponents and he's getting it done and he's getting it done at a very, very helpful strike rate as well which is yeah you know i guess this is the kind of new like new players that are being bred now you know these are not the mm. the you know the players of uh you know of yesteryear where they're just nudging the mm. ball away playing classical shots these are players that are very brave very confident yeah. looks like they yeah. had a fat net sesh before they go in out into the middle oh yeah and they yeah. just um they just carry themselves in such a i guess sort of confident manner and these these are proper like multi um What's the word, Nuan? Mm. These are players that can actually be molded to any situation required. These are very, very yeah. handy players to have because yeah. Test cricket, as you know now, with the way that the pitch pitches vary and you know the situation, mm. you know, situations, I guess, sort of require different batting yeah. approaches. To have a yeah. player that can pretty much play in any gear at any given time is like mm. finding gold. Um, oh, 100%. 100%. And he's going through, obviously, such a evident purple patch. Yeah. Yeah, um, I think you said this before. We'll see how long this lasts, man. But um, hopefully, yep. it lasts for a little while because this this bloke is this bloke has mm. immense talent, and we'd love to see more of him. I'm just I'm just doing a bit of a, a fact find on Harry Brooks' uh, young career to date. He actually he mm-hmm. was actually part of England's uh, World Cup T20 squad. Um, did you know that he he played in the World Cup final as well? Um, he was so yeah, we yeah, actually yeah, saw yeah. Has, so, yeah. yeah so we so we actually saw we actually saw him bat live when when you and I went down to the game together. Um, he didn't really make much of an appearance. He scored twenty of twenty three balls in the World Cup final, but he still played the World Cup final, which is which is huge. <laughs> still but, got that medal. Yeah, but then uh, he made his test debut in December last year against Pakistan, uh, yeah. and he and he made a, he made a ton on debut. So I think that's, that's when he where we up. saw him. That's yeah, when yeah, he really yeah. started to like make headlines. Yeah. So yeah. he made a test ton on debut, and then he made an eighty seven in the second innings of that test. Uh, Very quick one as well. He, yeah. And then in the second test, he scored his second ton, 108 in the second innings in Multan. So he's getting like he's getting big runs in like foreign conditions, right? So what kind of runs, how, no one? Big daddy. What kind of runs? Tons, what kind of tons? Big, <laughs> big daddy runs. Um, so yeah. So you know, tonning up. I mean, you know, making hundreds in foreign conditions um, that are not your home conditions is always a huge achievement, and especially when you're a youngster, uh, it's it's even more impressive, right? So. So uh, it, it didn't stop there. Um, he played a couple of ODIs. He made 80 against uh, South Africa in, in South Africa. 
and then now he's back, uh, you know, playing test cricket um, in New Zealand, and he's and he's done it again, like you know, one eighty six, and I think he just also, uh, you know, broke a record um, for scoring the most number of runs in in the first nine innings of of, the, of their career. So he's already made eight yes. eight hundred runs, right? It's first thousand runs too easy. <laughs> so Ridiculous. I'm actually I'm actually really keen to see how Harry Brook goes. To be honest, um, I mean. It's a really weird thing sometimes with some of these players. Like they perform well overseas, but then when they play in their own country, they they just don't do as well. Like I'm, 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 mm. one one bloke that comes to mind is uh, Dinesh Chandimal. Um, you know when Dinesh Chandimal first played for Lanka ages ago, he had this mm. weird. He had this. His career stats were so imbalanced because like he was he was averaging like fifty overseas, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And in Lanka, where you typically assume he'd play well, he was averaging thirty five. So, you know if. So like you know, can like uh, like all of all of you know all of uh, Harry Brooks' uh, good good scores are not from England. So I'm keen to see how he goes playing against a swing ball in his in his own country. But um, yeah, I just want yeah. to highlight Harry Brook. Harry Brook. Everyone listening out there, Harry Brook is the name that should be on your lips. He's got a nice middle name too, Harry Charrington Brook. Um, Charrington, my Charrington. Yeah, it's like Paddington Bear. But um, anyway. But I think, honestly, like, I think this just really goes to show the kind of, um, the shift that England are making in Test cricket with yeah. the likes of Ben Stokes and, and B-Mac, Brendan McCullum. Mm. Um, these guys have a lot to say with, um, letting a youngster play the the way this, that he has, you know, because mm, mm, you mm, mm, wouldn't mm. typically find a young player play with that kind of confidence. Another player yeah. that comes to mind with the, in the white ball circuit in a similar fashion, where it's a bit more, I guess, sort of accepted is Shulman Gill. Mm. Um, he's played in a very similar state, but it's it's white ball. It's expected yeah, to be yeah. you you know mm. you take a bit more risks and stuff. So it is very interesting yeah. to see uh, Brooks do this um, in the Test arena. Yeah, uh, yeah. I think I think the thing with Harry Brook though is that like I watched some of the highlights of his one eighty six and like this kid, it's like there's like this new generation of youngsters coming through that have all been coached correctly. Like they don't play these outrageous like weird looking ramp shots. Like every single mm. one of Harry's shots were just like. Gorgeous, well, you know, like balances there, classical cover drives, cut shots, pull shots, you know, all the toys. Yep. Um, and none of these little, like, little deal scoops and stuff like that. And that, that's really, no, but, that, Are but you that's why. the deal scoop, no? No, 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 I'm just saying. Come on, man. Deal scoop's awesome. Um, but what I'm saying is, like, you know, he, he his innings go for ages because he's been coached properly and he's been drilled properly. So, um, yes. Excited to see if he can keep up this, this you know, rich purple patch of form. Um, I mm-hmm. think for me personally, when I when I notice a young player is just like jumped on the scene and they're taking, you know, and, and they're doing so well so early, I want to see how they react or how they play when they're in a form slump. Because obviously there'll be a, there'll come yeah. a point where he'll have a string of low scores and his average will dip, um, and yes. then it'll be interesting to see how how he goes from there. But you know, but while he's here, I think the whole crew world is loving what he's doing, and uh, I can't wait to see more of him. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, but look on that note, um, Hasid, we've come to the end of another of another episode. Uh, always a pleasure chatting cricket with you. Um, any final words before we before we sign off? No, no, I really I really enjoyed this episode. New one it was really good to uh, <laughs> to get the women's cricket uh, yeah, as no. a main main focus point. Uh, we we do apologise to Harry Brooks. Didn't get a chat about him as much as we well, would have liked. Uh, well, I'll <laughs> tell you what. If he does well in the Ashes, mate, we, we'll be frothing. I'll, I'll be frothing about him um, for maybe three for three for three episodes. <laughs> Depending <straight. laughs> on his strike rate, I may also be frothing with you. Probably, yeah. <laughs> 
Frost City <laughs> over here. But uh, but look to to all our viewers and listeners today. Thanks so much for joining us. Uh, you'll catch the the re- the recording of this of this podcast. Um, you know, on on Spotify and all your streaming sites. But that's a wrap. Uh, thanks for joining in the seven, and it's a uh, goodbye for now. Peace.